Welcome to the Channel 17 Podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, my father, Tim Floyd. Great to be with you, Will, and great to have baseball season underway for real. Yes, we have actual real games. It's amazing. I mean, the games weren't amazing, but the fact that there is baseball is amazing. Yeah, well, actually, it, the team will talk about it. Um, in some ways, it's looking pretty good. In other ways, there are question marks, but that's what we're here to talk about, right? I mean, I, I think the thing we have to start with is, yes, baseball is back, but it's three games. Not always the most encouraging, because if you want to look straight at record, the Braves are 1-2. and two. They have scored five runs and allowed 13, which is not a good Pythagorean pace. No, but if you want to compare it to last year on small sample sizes, it's certainly We've already won. than they were last year. That's right. We were, what, the 10th game before we won yes. last year and won in the second game of the season. So that's progress. And we'll get into the details about it, but because it's three games, you can start to pinpoint where things actually kind of have gone wrong which I think makes it a bit easier. Uh, but baseball is back. There is baseball constantly. And that's great. I love that. Me too. And obviously the great thing about baseball is they play every day or pretty much or somebody plays every day. Um, and that that's, gives you a lot more to talk about. I enjoyed the offseason chats with you, Will, about Braves history, but it's more fun to deal with real games. So looking forward to getting into it. So before we get into the games, there is one big piece of, well, not that big, but there is a transaction that the Braves made, which is sort of fun. We should probably clear out of the way. Ryan Howard is going to be a Gwinnett Brave this year. Yeah, in some ways it's a very big transaction because he is a very big man. Yes. And of course he's got a big name. The guy was, what, Rookie of the Year, uh, and then he was the MVP. He led the league in RBIs several times. Um Led the league in home runs, I know, at least a couple of times. And for all Braves fans, um, he, he was the best hitter in the league. I, I can't imagine anybody in baseball over the last decade had better numbers against the Braves than Ryan Howard. I haven't looked it up, and I don't want to look it up. I'm going entirely on my memory. I can just picture that guy crushing the ball against the Braves, even after he was no good anymore against yeah. anybody else. And uh, him being no good anymore is the real question here. Now, Well, right. There's a reason he was available for a minor league contract, obviously. And there's a reason he was available to the Braves. This is something yeah. I picked up from Chip and Joe last night in the seventh when they kind of were like, okay, I guess we're going to watch the rest of this because that's our job. And uh, But they were saying that he now lives in Atlanta. Oh. And that well. he had apparently at certain functions been around, like he had met Copy and Snit. Well, and so they had kind that, of that, seen it, and apparently they were like, wait, you really do, you're willing to go to Gwinnett? And he's like, yeah, I'll be home at night. Well, apparently, you know, nobody was willing to offer him a major league contract. And I, I assume they could have done a deal earlier even, and I, I don't know this, but I assume, of course, he, he and his agent were wanting a major league contract. When he didn't get one and the regular season started, he was willing to go with a minor league contract, and he's going to do that. Yeah, it makes sense he'd do it near where he lives. I suspect there's a you know pretty strong. I mean, the only reason you sign a guy like that is you, you expect to put him on the major league roster if everything works out. He needs to you know play a little bit and see what kind of shape he's in and whether he can hit. But surely there's not any doubt. The whole idea is to put him um, on the major league roster and be a left-handed pinch hit bat off the bench. Um, every now and then play first base, although God forbid he ever has to do it very often if anything right. happened to Freddie. <laughs> and obviously he gives you no positional versatility. You couldn't put him in the field anywhere else. Um, they play in American League parks a few times, so um, he could be a DH. The problem is he's really not that good anymore. He was always a little bit overrated, right? He hit lots of home runs and drove in lots of runs. Which I, is what I will say his MVP year... He hit 313 with a 425 on base at a 659. Okay. He was he was great. That's MVP caliber hitting. That's also the only time he hit over 300. And, and the he was, only time he walked that much was that year and the next year because he had 37 and then 35 intentional walks. That was um, over a decade ago now too, right? Right. That was 2006 <laughs> right. and 2007. Uh, I, I thought the guy 
as old as he is. Would you tell me he's 37? Yeah. Uh, even though he was a rookie only 12 years ago, but then if you really were following his career, you realize for whatever reason he got a late start. Um, you know, he was 25 years old before he really made it in the big leagues. So a guy with a big body like that who's 37 years old. Um, on the other hand, how many home runs did he hit last year, Will? He hit 25 home runs, which I believe uh, would have been second on the Braves if he had been there the whole year. And if well, you right. just count Braves' current players, how many home runs they had, he's third behind Kemp and Freeman. Right. Um, and nobody else would even be very close. Um, but he also the, hit 196. That's the problem. <laughs> and against left-handed pitchers, he didn't hit at all, right? <laughs> um, right. He, he is a guy who you could pull off the bench as a, in a pinch-hit situation against a right-handed pitcher, and there's a decent chance he could hit the ball hard and probably over the fence. A but you know what? Hit. The Braves don't have that. They have and Ryan Howard like might not be the solution, but, I mean, he's a possibility. It's the kind of thing I love that Copy does, where it's the like, last, well, pff, we'll let's try. We'll talk about the games, but the last two games in crucial pinch-hitting situations where the game is sort of on the line, the first bat off the bench for the Braves was Emilio Bonifacio. That is pathetic. The guy's From never both sides of the plate. Hitter. Right. <laughs> um, he, he can't hit either way. Uh, Howard can't hit a left-handed pitcher, but he's still got a chance to hit the ball against a right-handed pitcher, um, and he's got a chance to hit the ball over the fence, which none of the Braves bench players do. Um so I, I like the, the, the idea. Um, he's a. Well, I mean, an offensive boost would help. nothing to get that excited about. The no. reason I like it so much is the, my single biggest frustration with the Braves team, the Braves roster starting this year, is the bench. The Braves are improved in a lot of different ways, but the bench is really just one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, and it's shown itself already in the very small sample size we got. They don't have any pinch hitters down there. I mean, um, I, I want to caution freaking out about this team just yet. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Because it's uh, three games in, but there I'm are a few things we can do. by the way, <laughs> but we'll talk about why. Um, it, the team um, has has a few things going for it. But record in, a, in one series um, means absolutely nothing. They were actually in all three ball games to yeah. one extent or another. Um, it's true. You, you said that the total runs scored uh, and runs against. They did not. They did not do much of anything offensively. Well, in the let's three games against the Mets. quickly go over these one by one. Okay. Uh, pretty simply, the first game. Uh, Julio Tehran and Noah Syndergaard went not quite pitch for pitch because Noah Syndergaard did not walk anybody and struck out seven in six scoreless innings, whereas Julio yeah. walked three. But Syndergaard's pretty good. You yeah. Know what else we learned? At the, you know, small sample size, but the Mets starting rotation, um, they've got some fantastic arms down there. Everybody's known that since they went to the World Series two years ago with all the great young arms. And then last year, they, you know, the team really sort of fell apart. Um, they've had injuries to some or almost all of their starting pitchers. But when those guys are right, there's really nobody that compares to the Mets' rotation, I think. Um, and this team could not hit them. can really pitch. And that's what the Braves faced in all three games was, you know, their two great young pitchers, Syndergaard and DeGrom, and then the guy who was the great young pitcher just a year or two before them came along, Matt Harvey, who looks to be back. Um Again, we don't know how they're going to do over the course of the season, whether they'll stay healthy. But you just don't want to read too much into this series at all, um, except that it looks like the Mets' starting pitchers are awfully good. Well, we, we knew that, didn't we? Well, and, I mean, Syndergaard on opening day was electric and dominating. And then you right. think, well, we get to the bullpen. But actually the problem was the Braves went to their bullpen. Yeah, opening day was, was six shutout innings by each starting pitcher. Um that was um, great performance by Julio. He's not he's not electric the way Syndergaard. Syndergaard is, throws harder than any starter in Major League Baseball, right? His average fastball velocity is, is more so. than anybody, including um, even Strasburg, who I think held that for a while. Um, but who has had weird injury issues. 
So, um, but basically, the seventh inning uh, went to yeah, hell because the Braves bullpen couldn't figure out how to find the plate. Who they went to was Chaz Rowe and Eric O'Flaherty. That that was the story of Game One. It was the Braves bullpen that let them down uh, in one inning. That was the only inning in which you know runs were scored. Um, but Eric O'Flaherty looked really terrible, and at, at that point, you really had to wonder why did they keep him on the roster going into spring training. I thought, well, maybe it's a sentimental thing to invite him to camp, but he's really got no chance to make the team because he hasn't been a good major league pitcher for God three or four years now. Uh, we remember how absolutely dominating he was um, five, six, seven years ago. Um, but the, he could not—he could not throw a strike. He kept throwing the ball in the dirt. Um, well, and that's, the inning started with Ian Kroll, who well, did that's okay. True. Should, we shouldn't um, talk only about that. The bullpen was kind of a failure across the board. Ian Kroll kind I like of Kroll, all right. He's going to be their first lefty out of the ten. Yeah, he had a good well, year last year. And, I, I and he's 26 no and not coming off massive injury. Right, problems. right. Kroll's, Kroll's going to be a good left-handed option out of the bullpen. But he like didn't him. do that well on opening day. No. He, he, and um, then Tyler Flowers stood behind the plate, but it turns out that didn't matter because Chaz Rowe came in for a batter, walked him, was taken out yeah. for the lefty yeah. who walked The big controversy guys. in that inning you're referring to that has been a lot of talk afterwards is uh, Enciarte that fantastic defensive center fielder made a perfect throw to the plate that you know got the guy in time except flowers wasn't positioned well and missed the tag um and so there's been some argument back and forth about whether where you ought to stand when you receive a throw you're right though none of that really mattered in the end because the braves bullpen fell apart after that and then the braves couldn't mount a comeback on offense no no um, they weren't scoring. i will berate individual Braves about their offense in a second but on game two it felt weirdly similar to me for a while almost the same game two starting pitchers going pitchers duels pitching great um the difference instead of you know Tehran we had Bartolo Colon and as much as you know I I said in our preseason predictions that at some point Colon's not going to be able to do what he's been doing for the last few years um but man, he looked just like the Bartolo Cologne of the last three years for the Mets, um, except that the radar gun was showing his fastball in the low 90s pretty regularly. Yeah, but so as that's, usual, he was yeah. changing speeds and spotting it, putting it right where he wanted to. Um, he looked really great, I thought. But he also came out after six and uh, right. only 80 pitches, which was sort of annoying. But They had to lift him for a pinch hitter um, for, well, for good reason in the top of the seventh. Are we certain that the pinch hitter was a better hitter than Cologne? <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, the Braves had the bases loaded in the top of the seventh and the pitcher spot coming up. And, of course, you got to pinch hit for the pitcher in a scoreless game in the seventh inning um, with the bases loaded. Um, was not scoreless. You're, you're, um, well, anyway, it was, it, was really, it was really pretty awful that Bonifacio comes in and he strikes out um, on a... a, a Mediocre fastball right down the middle of the plate. Yeah, Cologne might have done just as well as uh, Bonifacio there. Uh, or throughout the season. Well, maybe so. And he's really fat, 44 years old, and a pitcher. Uh, <laughs> right. But then the bullpen was magnificent. Exactly. In particular, Jose Ramirez and Jim Johnson both went two innings in that game. Yep. And both shut out two innings. Arotis had an inning of shutout relief, and really, that kind of tells you that there are good arms. We had Chaz Rowe not look good in two games, and yeah, the, Eric O'Flaherty looked terrible. Yeah, you know, the game went 12 innings, and so actually, um, the Braves only gave up runs in two of the first 21 innings of the se- of the season, right? Yeah. Um, nine, nine, well, I guess they only eight innings in game one, technically. Um, and then 12 innings in game two. Um, they had the one bullpen meltdown, and and then they had just the one um, home run, um, barely scraping by a home run that Cologne gave up, and otherwise the bullpen was, was great. I like this Ramirez. Um, I mean, they got some good bullpen arms. Um, Viscano looked good, and they went the two 
two-inning save right off the bat for Jim Johnson. The announcers were wondering, why are they bringing in Johnson? Um, well, not a save. go with the long man? Yeah, I mean, he um, won. And it was a non-save situation when he came in um, in a tie game in extra innings. Uh, and I, I was nervous about it because I thought, well, now who are they going to turn to to protect this lead? And there he was out there for a second inning and looked great. Well, and then we get to the 12th, and uh, I guess this offense does have the ability to put together an inning. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, well, the, the the offense so far uh, consists of Matt Kemp primarily. Well, good point. Matt Kemp has been fantastic, but, and it was Matt Kemp who drove in. The, yes. He, the here is run. the way that inning worked. Kurt Suzuki led off with a single and was immediately pinch run for by Chase Darneau, which I guess is the way that the three catcher setup works. Right. Uh, then Jace struck out looking. Ender got a walk. Then Jace was in as a result of a double switch. Right. I was thinking, is he the pinch hitter? But yeah, he, he would, they'd already put him in there at third yeah. base. Uh, and then uh, Dansby got a uh, three unassisted uh, right. ground out. And then they intentionally walked Freddie Freeman, which don't intentionally walk people, guys. <laughs> because uh, as soon as Josh Smoker came in, or no, he got replaced. Rafael Montero gave up the double. But Matt Kemp is crushing the ball. He is. Uh, and that is our bright spot, because yesterday was, was really bad, except for... His fourth double of the season there in the second game, and then getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. He has two home runs in the third game, the Thursday game. The guy is off to as good a start as you could ever mm, want. You you talked about everything I want to say about Thursday's game. We lost. Yeah, that was pretty much it, wasn't it? We lost and Kemp hit two home runs. Because Garcia was kind of mad. Solo shots. Um, Garcia actually looked really good for four innings. He retired 13 of the first 14 batters he faced. I was yeah. watching. He didn't strike anybody out. Um, but, you know, Garcia's thing is he throws with a lot of movement. His fastball moves, he's got a breaking ball um, that, if he doesn't hang, um, is pretty good. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, the game three was just like the first two games in that you got starting pitchers, you know, shutting the other team out. Um, the problem in game three was that Garcia sort of ran out of gas, it looked like. He hung one. Um, in the fifth, and then he hung another one in the sixth, and he paid for it with a double and a home run. Um, well, so I don't really think, as you were kind of alluding to, that that should all fall on Garcia's shoulders, but let, let's have fun with small sample sizes. And by fun, I am being entirely sarcastic. Uh, well, we'll start with fun. Here is Matt Kemp's current triple slash line. Oh, I would like to hear that. Uh, he is hitting 462 on the very, very young season. Mm-hmm. What, he what has a 500 on base percentage, thanks okay. to one walk, and a 1231 slugging. Yeah, every, every hit he's had has been an extra base hit, right? Yes. Two doubles, home runs, two homers. four doubles. Otherwise, literally everybody else has been awful. Oh, right. That's that what we're saying about the Mets pitchers. Yeah. Don't read too much into it, but... You know, Enciarte and Swanson and Freeman, the first three guys up, um, none of whom have done much. Freddie actually had three hits in the first game and not much of anything since. Literally um, nothing since. Yeah, Enciarte has done. Really he got his nothing. first hit last night. Right. He's hitting 077 on the young season. Yeah. Uh, Dansby has hit 143, which is two singles, and that's it. Now, right. he, I, I mean,. The point is, they faced the best three pitchers on the Mets rotation in cold weather in a pitcher's park to start the year. Right, right. Yeah, no, no reason to, to worry too much about that. Um, Enciarte is going to hit better than 071. Matt Kemp is going to hit less than four, whatever it was you just said. Obviously, we know all that. Freeman's going to hit. Um, I, I still think Swanson's going to hit. Um, Emilio Bonifacio is not going to hit. <laughs> no, and I don't no have great faith in Adonis Garcia. Garcia, um, I mean, they've decided he's their third baseman. Mm. You and I have talked before. Um, that may not last. Rio yeah. Ruiz looked awfully good in the spring. 
Um, he's he's close to major league ready. He may not be a star, but I'd I'd a whole lot rather see him. Um, just because I want to see the young players and see how they can do. But, but third base is a bit of a hole in the lineup, I think, going forward. And it's not um, like he's Cleet Boyer over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, if it was one thing, if you thought, well, but he's got a good glove at third, and we'll do, I mean, he's a bad glove at third. Yeah. On the other hand, as you kind of started off, I'm not discouraged by this team, really. No, I, I'm actually encouraged. After three games, and, and the main reason is the starting pitching. I think this team is going to do as well as their starting pitching does. Um, and again, you can't read too much into it, but they're not going to score nearly as many runs as so many people think they are. It was so unusual that they scored all those runs in August and September. Um, that that was because Enciarte and Swanson and Freeman and Kemp were all on fire for the same time period, hitting at the top of well. Uh, mostly at the top of the order. Um, I, I don't think all of them are going to do as well as they did in August and September last year. Um, so I don't think the offense is going to be quite what, what a lot of people were assuming carryover. Um, I think it'll be a lot better than it was the first half of the year, of course. Um, anybody would be. Uh, but the real key is the pitching, and that's where the real uncertainty is. I liked what I saw of Cologne. Well, it is and it isn't. I liked what I saw of Garcia a little bit. Um, It's a little hard to know, but he's got a lot of movement on his ball. That's what you want out of the guy. And He did hang two breaking balls that got crushed. And I don't know if you saw this. Fulte got the Friday start. They switched it around. Yeah, right. Uh, And Dickey's going to do Saturday. I don't really fully understand why. They said because it's so cold. You know, knuckleballers are so funny, or maybe it's because he's 42 or 43 years old. I don't know. The Astrodome increased the air conditioning for Joe Negro. I game in Pittsburgh, but I looked at the, we're we're speaking on Friday morning early, the day of, it's a day game, and it's snowing right now in Pittsburgh with the temperature in the low 30s, and the forecast is a decent chance of snow through midday. Um, So I don't know whether they're going to play. By the time you post this, we'll know one way or the other. Right. Uh, It doesn't matter that much, but they've reversed the order so that uh, we know who the first three are, but it'll be Fulte pitching fourth and then um, Dickey pitching fifth, which had one other ramification, by the way. It means Fultonevich will be the opening day starter when the Braves open up at SunTrust. um, Yeah, I was wondering if that was part of it, that you'd rather have the young guy. Yeah, I I like that idea. That, That. May have been. That's a silly know, way for winning baseball games, but whatever. Right. Here's the other thing about the pitching, though. If Eric O'Flaherty keeps walking 20 guys per nine innings, he won't, but he might not get right. that, that far down. He won't be well, around much longer. Say this for O'Flaherty. He actually had a 1-2-3 inning in the Thursday game. Um, Great. So He oh, still was a disaster. I mean, like, if you go every other, that's not going to last. Pitched, he pitched well in the spring, but that, again, small sample sizes just because he has eight or nine good innings um, in the spring when people are doing different things. Um, I, 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 it's a feel-good story because Eric O'Flaherty was such a, a great pitcher for the Braves. He almost got overlooked because of Kimbrell and Venners, but he was just outstanding. But there's no reason to believe he can do that now. Um, I mean, they'll give him a little bit more, but I suspect the lease is short. I don't think we'll see uh, Eric. If Eric O'Flaherty walks people at the way he did, or anything close to that, um, he'll be he'll be released. Or anyone except for maybe a Rodas Viscaino and Jim Johnson, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no one in that bullpen that you're like, oh, this guy we have to have. True. On the other hand, Kroll pitched really well last year. Ramirez pitched pretty well last year. I think I think those two guys with Viscaino and Johnson is pretty good four guys to have at the back. They wanted to have at least one more lefty. Yeah. And for all spring, everybody kept saying, hey, Paco Rodriguez. And they released that guy for some reason. Still not sure why. Um, there were some weird I, quotes. I don't really know why either, but there it, were some weird quotes. I know. There, there, there are things we don't know about behind that. And they're and that's okay. I mean, you have to trust. They see them every day. They know who these guys are. Um, we also were counting on having Mauricio Cabrera in the book, and he pitched so well in August and September last year, and he's having arm trouble. Um, 
he may come back just fine. Um, the bullpen, I still think, could be a strength. But going into this series, when your seventh inning guys were mainly Eric O'Flaherty and Chaz Rowe, yeah, that's a problem. If starters can go seven, you're in a lot better shape. And that may be what happens as the season goes on. One reason they signed a guy like Cologne is um, he, he can give you a lot of innings because he never walks anybody. He doesn't even throw very many balls. He only had 80 pitches through six innings. Um, Tehran you want to get seven innings out of on a regular basis. That's going to be pretty important for this team. And presumably the knuckleballer can go deep. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's... That's why you have a knuckleballer. Right. He doesn't get tired. It's just a matter of whether he's effective. You can keep him in there for seven innings. But if any of these guys struggle, there are options to bring up. Oh, right. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Last night was not a good omen for one of those options, but... Yeah. Uh, The other big news of the week is that the minor league started, and that means that the official rosters were released. And, 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 boy, is this fun. That that, that is... And it's, it's the way it's been last year and even somewhat the year before. I found myself paying more attention to the minor league games than the major league games. Now, this year, I'm hoping we got a better product on the field. I think we will. But they're still not really going to be competitive. But the minor leagues are exciting. I mean, and uh, I we plugged it somewhat last year. But if you don't have the minor league baseball app, which I think if you just search MILB, you should right. get it. You can have it where it alerts you every time the lead changes in any Braves affiliate. That's that more than up I your wanted to know. <laughs> to right. off, but, but you can I, do I it do just... Like to look at the box score when right. it's over and see who did the stuff. You can set the notifications to be when the games are over. It's a free app. It's great. You can look at box right. scores. Um, but let's go over some of these rosters because this is... This tells you how loaded the system is. Right. Like all the rankings and everything kind of give you... but. The fact that clearly they had problems putting people in places. For each level. <laughs> well, let's start yeah, with Gwinnett. Let's just go Gwinnett yeah, down. That, that's where the help will come from first, probably. Uh, we were talking about if they need to turn um, either on the bench or a starter goes down or bullpen depth. Obviously, AAA is the first place you look. So, yeah. Who's there? Well, the starters are uh, Aaron Blair, Matt Whistler, Sean Newcomb. Lucas Sims and Jason Hirsch. Yeah, Maybe they'll uh, go with Jackson. Whatever. Um, I don't care about that. The Whistler and Blair, of course, both have a, a good many starts. Whistler has more starts than anybody for the Braves the last two years, other than Tehran. I saw that number this week. Yeah, and he wasn't very good bit. over the last half of the season that's last year. The problem. And we now have the option to get him straightened out. Well, that's why he's in AAA, obviously. He's pitched a fair amount in the majors for two consecutive uh, years. Um, Aaron Blair was terrible well last to keep year. His spot. Aaron Blair was terrible in Atlanta last year. And I hate year. to say this, he was terrible for Gwinnett on opening he, day. For he had a terrible start, didn't he? Uh, he gave up a whole bunch of hits uh, in the very first inning. He went, what, three innings. Again, it's it's early. But Blair didn't look that good in the spring. Right. I, I, I am getting real close to even giving up on young Mr. Blair. Uh, maybe he needs to, to just go to the bullpen. Pitching prospects, but uh, there's so many other good starters coming along behind him. He's got to show something, and that's that's not the kind of start he needs. And the um, relief options aren't super exciting compared to actually what we'll get to. But, like... You know, well, they, they, Joel De La they, Cruz is still around, I guess, for other options. Well, you could God, start I didn't him. realize we still had that guy. Yeah, well, I'd hate to see him on the Major League <laughs> roster again. But, like, Caleb Dirks could be an interesting reliever. David right. Hernandez isn't a prospect. He's a guy they picked up in spring training, oh, he, but he's he, there. He came very close. He would have made the roster, I think, but he had options and Chaz Rowe didn't. I think I'm remembering that right. I think that's, I mean, maybe Rowe would have won the job anyway, but there's a thumb on the scale in favor of Rowe, and that's why he's on the major league roster. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think Chaz Rowe is lasting very that long. long. If Hernandez pitches well, um, he's, he's, a, he's a decent option. More exciting about the bullpen, I guess, are the guys who are a level below that, which we could get right. to. But, but let's, let's go over guys. the uh, roster otherwise for Gwinnett. Not a whole lot of interest at catcher. Uh David Freitas, Blake Lally, and Braden Schleyhuber, who might actually no, be better they, they than They don't our have any catching bench. prospects in the upper minors. But you know That's what? A... Those guys might be better than 
the guys we have. And Blake Lowry yeah. at least is a lefty. So well, we maybe. might see these guys because who knows about Kurt Suzuki and Anthony Recker. They're really flowers. But yeah. the real excitement in, on this team is in the infield. Th- this is really a heck of a minor league infield. And then you had Ryan Howard for kicks a little bit later. But uh, third base will be manned by Rio Ruiz for some period of time. Yeah, we talked about him. Um, had, a, had a really pretty solid year last year. Um, very young at this level. Um, maybe had a shot at the major league roster in camp. Did, did everything well. Um, I don't. I think they would really rather see him play every day, including against left-handed pitchers, and that's why he's at Gwinnett. But I don't think they'll hesitate too long if he's really hitting well. To right. Bring if him he's on hitting and well and Adonis isn't, you're not losing out much by making that switch. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, decent chance we'll see him before long. I think uh, another future major leaguer is it short and Johan Camargo. Yeah, you've been talking about him all last spring. night. Um, the guy is just He's a guy who can play old. all over the infield. He's, he's a switch he's hitter got, who turns out to hit okay. That's a major yeah, leaguer. Got some pop, which is a home run last night. So, But um, the guy we all will be watching and following. Better than, say, Daniel Castro. Yes. Um, but, but, yeah, who's the second baseman, Will? Uh, Ozzie Albius. Ozzie. Um, God, I'm so excited to see that guy. And I really have high hopes for him. Remember when he got promoted to AAA last year for a fairly brief time period, uh, he didn't do nearly as well as he had at AA. So they want to see what he can do there. And he is coming off the injury and had a pretty short spring training. So let's don't let's don't worry too much if it's a slow start. But, man, I, I love the guy. Um, and it's going to be fun to see how he does. Now, they're not, they're not going to bring him up very soon unless – you know, Phillips gets hurt or is a complete disaster or something. Um, I think he will spend most of the year at AAA, but he is close to ready. Well, and then the outfield is slightly less exciting, although I think some of these guys could come up in case of injury. And the one guy that is exciting is injured, Dustin Peterson. Right. But only for, like, another few weeks. But, like, Mel Rojas Jr. and Adam Walker might actually be okay bench options if they start hitting at AAA. Adam Walker can't ball out of the park uh, when he gets a hold mm-hmm. of it, unlike anybody on their bench now. He can't do anything else. No, he can't do anything else. So right. No, he's not somebody you feel too good about. And Mel Rojas Jr. is a switch hitter who can play all over the outfield, but no, can't he's, really he's, he's not a major league option, probably. Uh, well, Emilio Bonifacio shouldn't be, so this is what the world is. that's true. Um, Dustin Peterson, again, is a guy they want to see playing every day. Uh, he he played at Double A, a little underage even for Double A, and had a really solid season last year. So let's see what he can do at Triple A. If he has a good year all year at Triple A, I think there's a decent chance mm-hmm. he's in the Atlanta outfield next year, but not this year. Uh, I just don't think they're going to. Here's rush the him. other possible prospect, a managerial prospect. Did you know that Damon Berryhill is the manager of the Gwinnett Braves? I think I missed that news. Great name from you know great era of Braves history. Well, uh, a name from a great era. <laughs> Yep. He was there for like two seasons and was the lefty platoon catcher. You don't think Damon Berryhill's a great name? Um, I think it's a great name. I don't think he's a great player. player. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, the real excitement, though, is the Mississippi rotation. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, there the, were, the, This might be the best double-A rotation ever. This is insane. And, and in, in terms of prospect status and all of that maybe so but it's awfully young got a couple of teenagers pitching at double a so, which we'll see how they do but that just shows how much the, how high the Braves so are on these prospects max freed yep. former first round pick who came out with back soreness and they were like maybe that's not that bad i've talked about posting. max freed um I, he, in some ways he's he's my he's my favorite to be the next really good pitcher coming out of the Braves minor league system they got the younger guys that I, I really feel great about, but Freed is so much older than the other guys at this level. There's no reason for him to spend a lot of time in the minor leagues if he's pitching lights out this year like he did down the stretch last year. Now, that was just at, at A ball and low A ball at that. So we'll see what he does at double A. Well, you know, and- if he really pitches well, um, I, they may skip triple A and he may be in the rotation as early as next year. Also aggressively promoted and much younger. Colby Allard and Mike Soroka, lefty Those and right. Those two were the big yeah. surprise. They were the the two first round picks from the just 
two years ago, the 2015 mm-hmm. draft, less than two years ago. Two years ago, they were both pitching in high school right now. Um, and now they're at double A because they were, they were both really good. Allard got off to a slow start. He had had, you know, back trouble, uh, injury trouble, even had surgery on his back after they drafted him. But by all accounts, he's got, he had, he had the best stuff in the draft, probably. Uh, left-handed pitcher out of California. Um, and when he finally put it together last year, uh, again in August and September, man, he, he, he was absolutely dominant. But I was still surprised that they put him at double A to start the year. Um, but uh, it's pretty exciting. It just shows how how high they are on him. And the other one, Soroka, the, the other number one draft pick from that year, um, he was the best uh, pitcher in the Braves minor league system by a lot of measures last year at 18. I mean, hell, he's still I'm not, not sure he's turned 19 yet. Um, this is his age 19 season. Yeah, his birthday um, is in August, so he's one of those guys who's got a weird birthday for baseball. But anyway, he pitched a lot of innings, and the guy just – he doesn't have quite the the stuff in the sense of the high nineties fastball or the breaking ball like Tucson or some or Max Fried even. But the guy apparently knows more about pitching than any pitcher they've got. He knows he just got a great head on his shoulders, absolutely great command and control. I'm I'm as excited about Mike Soroka. I said I'm excited about Max Fried. Soroka I just can't imagine he'd be in the major leagues. Uh, real soon, but if they're going to put him in double A this year, we'll have to watch him closely, but it's going to be fun to see. Well, and then Patrick Weigel and Matt Withrow on any other double A staff would be the things to come see. <laughs> I, I said um, Soroka may have had the best year of any minor league pitcher last year, but I think Weigel may have been the minor league pitcher of the year, right? He he dominated at A, and then they promoted him to double A at the end of the year. Weigel um, is more like Freed in that he's older than those guys. He's not old, um, but he was a college pitcher, mm-hmm. a college pitcher who couldn't put it all together. And last year, kind of all of a sudden, the thing about Weigel is um, he's he's got the stuff. He throws in the high nineties. Um, he was able to command it pretty well last year, which he'd never done in his life, including in college. If whatever he did last year sticks, that guy could be, you know. Excellent. Um, really good major league starter. And there's some interest at Mississippi in the uh, hitting prospects, but they will disappoint you because that ballpark is a graveyard. Yeah, the worst hitting park in the minor leagues, I'm maybe. Convinced. But that's an interesting opportunity for um, a few guys. At catcher, Cade Civic, I still think, I don't know how to say that, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know either. But um, S-C-I-V-I-C-Q-U-E, so whatever. Uh, but... You know, if he proves he can hit okay, he's apparently got the defensive skills right. to be a major leaguer. We may see him in the major leagues, not as a star or anything, maybe a backup catcher. But Only has to be better than Kurt Suzuki and Anthony Recker. Right. Won't be this year again, but... He might be better maybe. than those two this year, though. Maybe. Yeah. He's got some other guys to get ahead of, but and he should play every day, but still. Uh, then in the infield, uh, Travis Demerit is a guy that's been on prospect lists. Oh, he's he's so exciting. We've talked about him, but the guy who does everything except make contact regularly. Mm-hmm. Enough. Good defensive player, good um, good base runner. He's very fast uh, and has as much power as anybody in the system. Just strikes out way too much. So and then also in the infield is uh, Luis Valenzuela, who they've talked about some. And yeah, but my, my point is he's only. 24 right or he will turn 24 yeah, the um, problem with with any hitting prospect there is you do have to remember that it's a very difficult right. park to home runs in but, but a okay. point i've been making okay. about this system is that away from the stars there's also guys like luis valenzuela who might turn yep. into major leaguers and trade fodder mm-hmm. if we don't have room and then in the outfield uh two guys who kind of were sleeper picks occasionally jared james and connor lean uh, James, you could squint at and see if you really wanted to a model leadoff hitter. Yeah, but a lot of those guys in the be. minors don't turn out to actually have those skills because major leaguers can find the plate a lot more. That's the basic fact, and why I was not sad we gave up Malik Smith. Yeah, right now I wish we had Malik Smith. <laughs> um, but okay. on the other hand, no, it was the right thing yeah. to do. Malik Smith was not going to be... Um, well... A regular starter. Let, let's go to the Florida Fire Frogs and talk about one of yeah. the guys we got back. 
Luis yeah. Gohara did pitch very well last night. Now the team Luis lost. Gohara, I mean, he, he is he's pretty exciting. He's still just twenty years old and big lefty with you know dynamite stuff. And man, he showed it off last night, didn't he, in his first start? Yeah, and also at that uh, new team in Florida, the Florida Fire Frogs. And I'm thinking of getting a Fire Frogs cap because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but also in the rotation are Ricardo Sanchez and Tuki Toussaint, who, if either of those guys can figure out how to be more consistent, they will be monsters. They're both just 20. Right. Well, Ricardo Sanchez is about to turn 20. Tuki Toussaint will turn 21 in June, but they're young. But yeah, but both very young, both raw. Uh, we haven't heard as much about Sanchez lately. He was one of the very first guys they picked up in the rebuild. But um, Tukey, um, if, if 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 he can just command his stuff, his fastball and his curveball together, um, good as anybody you'd ever want to see. Matter of putting it where he needs to. Easier uh, said than done. I know there are a lot of guys like that. Right. Well, and then there are a number of guys uh, that are interesting on this team. Uh, Jonathan Morales behind the plate, some people think could be a breakout star. He's a catcher who has good defensive skills, and if those guys show any ability to hit, they're major leaguers. Yeah, and Morales did hit last year Mm -hmm. in Rome. He got promoted instead of the other Rome catcher, Lucas Herbert, who did not hit at all. Uh, Morales was a bit streaky, but he was was putting the bat on the ball last year uh, fairly well. So he was, you know... The other uh, names to look for in the infield, Austin Riley, who just turned 20, like literally five days ago turned 20. And so I was kind of down on him, but man, he is still young. The the best power bat in the system. The guy, you know, has a better chance of hitting more home runs in the major leagues than anybody else they've got. Yeah. Probably. That's his main skill is hitting the ball out of the park. But he he showed in the second half of last year, he could sure do it at Rome. Pretty aggressive promotion because he's pretty young. We'll see how he does. And then the outfield is fascinating at this level. Yeah. Uh, we'll begin with Ronald Acuna because he's the guy tipped to be a future superstar. Uh, there's been so much talk about him just in the last couple of months. Really well, and also uh, not because of Dansby's promotion to the major leagues officially is no longer rookie status, but a few other guys had similar things. And so he jumped into some top 100 prospect lists for the first time. With a big season, he will shoot way up those rankings. And, again, he crushed Australian pitching over the winter. Very limited uh, professional experience is the problem with this guy. And he was hurt a fair amount of last year. But people that see him play rave about his tools. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. And they'll, they'll promote also, him aggressively. He's 19. the kind of guy that can make the major leagues at a very young age. Yeah. Not... Not next year, probably, but... Um, he will not turn 20 until well. December. Right. He'll be 19 <laughs> the entire season. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting names, uh, they all have different reasons to watch them. Braxton Davidson was one of those guys that everyone loved in the draft, and then the Braves got and thought he might turn out to be good, and he hasn't hit a lick. But scouts still say he should in terms of his swing. Apparently in batting practice, practice. you know, he can really crush it. Uh, He does have a very good eye at the plate. He's always walked a good bit, which has been the only offensive thing he's got going for him because otherwise he really hasn't hit at all. He occasionally hits a home run, but he's got a long way to go uh, to fulfill the kind of promise they thought they had when he was a number one draft pick. Um, Don't give up on him yet, but he's... If he doesn't do well this year, you do give up on him, I think. Yeah. And then the uh, greatest name in the system in my book, Ray Patrick Ditter. Yeah. Um, Well, he's a fun guy anyway. Um, Maybe one of the fastest guys in the system. He's strictly a, you know, center field leadoff kind of outfielder. Doesn't have much power, but really runs well. And his main main skill is getting hit by the pitch. Um, The guy can get on base. Mm -hmm. uh, And he understands his role is to get on base. It was a great interview with him, I guess, in Talking Chop this week, where he pretty much admitted he loves to get hit by the pitch because his job is to get on base. He said, it's like getting a double if I get hit. you got to be careful. You're supposed to try to avoid it, you know, technically. That rule has Um, never been called. Well, I know. 
But if you admit it too blatantly, you might run into trouble. But but in any event, I love the guy's attitude that my job is to get on base any way I can. He's going to get hurt at some point, probably. Um, well, Ron Hunt and Craig Biggio played forever. That's <laughs> true. Um, he was in the Hall of Fame. Right. Ron Hunt is not. Ron Hunt, whatever. He, he would be in the hit-by-pitch Hall of yep. Fame if there were one. Uh, the other interesting name in that outfield is Alex Jackson, although he might also be an interesting name behind the plate. And he might not do anything. J- Jackson, again, we've talked about him, but um, uh, one of the, the many, many number one draft picks the Braves now have, um, I think his future is as a catcher, they hope. And so I think he'll be playing catcher a fair amount. Um, but they list him as an I think he, he may do some of both. Yeah, well, I think Morales is clearly the starter, but then... Yeah, but there's room to do both. You could do uh, it. play and, some catcher, yeah. And I think perhaps Jackson and Davidson will rotate through the DH spot as well to get them at bats. At least that's what it looks like. Um, and then even at Rome, the last full season team to talk about, there's some real talent throughout the roster. Yeah. Well, uh, again, start with the rotation. And it's uh, Ian Anderson is the real star. Yeah. By the way, you could drive to Rome for one of his starts. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> At some point, that you should do that. Um, You're right, actually. Um, he, it would be fun to see him. I, I regret I didn't make it to Rome last year to see all those great young pitchers they had then. Yeah, and now they're much farther away in Mississippi. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll be in Atlanta. Some of them will be in Atlanta soon. Right. Though. Uh. And then Joey Wentz and Bryce Wilson are interesting arms to keep an eye on. Both draft picks from all, all three of those guys you mentioned, you know, were in high school a year ago. Yeah. Um, so awfully young, but the Braves, you know, had success with pushing guys to that level last year, and we'll see how these do. But three guys with lots of potential, and Anderson, everybody thinks. I mean, he's he's kind of like Allard. He's, he's a prep arm that, you know, right off the bat, you think this guy could be great. And then position players are more interesting than the kind of guys we were really saying, oh, these are the hot shots. But, like, Brett Cumberland, in theory, is a catcher, and in theory is a switch hitter who can really lace the ball around the field. Yeah, he was a disappointment. He was a college draftee last year who didn't hit as well as they hoped. He was a big-hitting catcher. Uh, The Warriors' defense isn't good enough to be a catcher. Uh, but he also didn't hit all that well. Um, Wasn't he one of the Pac-12 leaders in batting average, though? Oh, he was. Secondary he was, skills. Oh, yeah. He, he, he had a great college career um, in the Pac-12 as a hitter, so maybe just took a little bit of adjustment to pro ball. Um, but he also, that you'd love it if he could stick as a catcher, and I don't, I don't know whether that's going to happen He or probably not can't, and also, um, if he can't, Lucas Herbert is at Rome. And He's repeating that, that yeah. level just to see. No doubt about his defensive ability. He, he could be a major league backup catcher now as defensively, but you know couldn't even hit a ball last year. But maybe he will. He's, again, young guy. Uh, and then the biggest name in the infield is Darian Cruz, who is a very young, October 98 birthday. Um, yeah. Um, Cr- Cruz is you know great athlete, plays shortstop. Uh, great speed, fast as anybody. He hadn't learned to take a walk yet, so I'm, I'm going to yeah. withhold judgment until the guy figures out you don't swing at everything that ever comes up there. But uh, Great potential, just a long way away. And then in the outfield, a similar kind of player, a November 98 birthday, Christian Pache. Yeah, he's, he's, I've got more hope for him because offensively he's done a lot more than Cruz. Uh, again, a great athlete. And should guy. be able to stick in center. Yeah, he's got he's got the ability to play center field. Um, I maybe mean, maybe he's the center fielder of the future, and they move Acuna to right. But we're getting three or four years ahead of he's ourselves. He's eighteen, now. and he's six yeah. two, one eighty five right now. That could change, and he's no longer a center fielder. This yeah, happens to it, people. He may also end up hitting with a good bit of power, given that body size. Right, and he could also never hit again. He's very young. Who knows? Uh, also, Randy Ventura, a slight switch hitter. I keep. People want to highlight on blogs and things, I think, because he's had good stats. There's no scouting reports that say this is a guy who's really going to do great. But, you know, again, I think if three or four years ago, we would have been like, you know, Randy Ventura had some good stats. <laughs> really, that would have been our excitement. Yeah. And now he's just a guy um, for me. Yeah. 
was getting old. A lot of people were excited about him a year or two ago. There were just so many other good young players, and he hadn't developed. But, yeah, he, he still plenty of time to see what he might do. And so, uh, you know, we're going to be watching the minor leagues, uh, and certainly there wasn't enough to talk about with the Braves with three games, I don't think. Well, the, the two, Aaron Blair pitched horribly, and we'll see if he continues it. The big concern last night for me in the one minor league night we've had so far is Max Freed leaving after a couple of innings uh, with lower back trouble. If he's just, you know, strained his back a little bit and it comes around, no big deal. I was relieved it wasn't arm trouble. When I I just saw briefly that he right. hadn't pitched well and left after a couple of innings, I thought, oh, no, if he's got a sore arm, man, that could be awful. Because remember, Max Freed has, is a Tommy John survivor. And I, I just really worry about people that have had Tommy John surgery. Some people come back strong, um, but with our history of people like, you know, Medlin and Beachy, um, it doesn't last sometimes. So we, we'll see. But if it's just his back, hopefully it's no big deal because I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch. But uh, the Braves will face the Pirates, in theory, <laughs> beginning Friday afternoon. Um but again, it's snowing currently in Pittsburgh, and that game is in a few hours from when we're talking. Uh, but they're going to face the Pirates. Then they go down to uh, Miami. And basically in a week, when we have a new one, SunTrust Park will be opening. So yep. that's we're, we're kind of still a week away from what I think of as the season kicking off in real because of a home opener and yeah. the new park. Yeah. But if they're playing real baseball even now, that's there is, fun. There is going to be a week worth of games, and uh, we will be talking about it next week on the Channel 17 podcast, brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. You can listen to all of our episodes, including our entire off-season sweep of Braves history, uh, at ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com or on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on iTunes and Stitcher, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, and leave a review. Because that is how you can help us to get onto lists and be heard by brand new listeners, uh, various Braves fans, and whoever else you might want to tell about this podcast. You can also help us out more directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Productive Leisure, and becoming one of our patrons. At Patreon, patrons are able to give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work rather than one-time crowdfunding sites. So if you want to listen to more of the Channel 17 podcast or any other Productive Leisure Network podcast or help us create new podcasts in the future, go to patreon.com slash Productive Leisure and become one of our patrons today. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you next week. <laughs>